This show is not about the coronavirus. I repeat, not about the coronavirus. Enjoy your respite. Welcome to How to Build a Tent, the podcast on how to make you successful. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show. Today, we are going to talk about another professor who Paul Krugman's it, which means totally gets it all wrong, has a left-wing agenda, and doesn't know anything about what he's talking about. He's Krugmaning it up. Krugmaning it up. That is going to be my new term for people that talk and have no idea what they're talking about whatsoever. Don't be a Krugman. Don't Krugman it up. We are part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Go over to FLFnetwork.com. Put in an HTPT in a memo field. Get a sweet mug. Get tons of great benefits. The show is also brought to you by Kingsman Grooming Products. Kingsman Grooming Products is all over my face. My face is smooth. My beard is shiny and, you know, stays in the right places. And it's soft. My son loves pulling it and stuff and playing with it. It's really cute. They're a Christian company, have great quality products. Go over there for your shaving creams, your aftershaves, your face products, your lotions. Support them. Get 10% off when you use HTBT in the checkout. Go over, support a Christian company. KingsmanGroomingPros.com. KingsmanGroomingPros.com. Don't forget to put in that HTBT in the checkout promo code section. If you have any questions, comments, reach out to me. Matt, HowToBuildTent.com. You can find me. Uh, at all the social media sites, how to build a tent. Appreciate the likes and comments. A lot of you have been commenting and liking, even just saying hi, what's up. Appreciate the content on YouTube. That really helps. We're starting to grow slowly. We're starting to pick up a little steam. Really appreciate you guys listening and watching and liking over there. And uh, that would, that's really important. And I thank you for it very much. Thank you for sharing the show. Alrighty, let's get into it. I'm not going to make any promises this time. I'm not going to make any promises this time about getting through this whole thing because I know I'm, I've done this a few times now and I know my, one of my weak points is not being able to understand how much time I'm taking up and going through these points. But we have a professor on Yahoo News that was going around the Twitter world and I retweeted it on Twitter if you want to see the full video. I cut it up uh, for the show where he Krugman's it up and he talks about these payroll tax cuts that Trump is going to pass. And he does the same argument that it doesn't work and all these things. We'll get into it. But it's just too bad to not call out. We have to talk about these things. We can't just let these people get away with it. And so let's just jump right in. Thomas Cook, he's a professor at Georgetown University's McDonough School of Business. Georgetown University. Just simply put that in there for the credentials. He's a Georgetown University professor. Now that's Ivy League, right? I mean, Georgetown's an Ivy League, isn't it? Now, for the professors out there that are listening, I know a few of you, you've reached out to me. Can you answer this question for me? Can you email me, Matt, at howtobuildatent.com? Or you can DM me, how to build a tent, or you can just tweet me about it. Do professors just get like a package to teach through? Or do they have to come up with their own material? I have a feeling that a lot of these people are just using this as a kickback job a side hustle, if you will, where they're just going through the motions, doing what they're told, and they have no original thoughts. They're not doing anything profound. And I feel like this professor might be in that category where he's just regurgitating what he thinks he should be saying, even though it makes no sense and he has no supporting evidence. He just bloviates. He just says things. And I have a feeling there's a lot of professors out there that just go through the syllabus that's handed to them 
check the boxes, say the things they need to say, review the chapters they need to review, and they wash their hands of it. They don't actually understand, love, master the subjects they're teaching. They're just teaching the subject. So I'd love to hear from those of you who watch that are professors may have some inside baseball for me. The Democrats calling President Trump's proposal here to institute payroll tax uh, relief, uh, calling it a non-starter. So what do you think the economic impacts would be there and why this has become the sticking point between Republicans and Democrats? So he's setting up the question, payroll tax cuts, Trump's floating them, which is a significant part of our our budget. A lot of people pay more in the payroll taxes than they do in the income tax. You just don't really know it because it gets taken out in your paycheck and your employers pay part of it, which means you get paid less. If you're paying for the part that the, your employers pay for too, it just, you don't see it because it, they are factoring that in when they hire you. So we have this payroll tax. It's a non-starter for the Democrats. So the Democrats want to take more of your money. You have the Republican Trump who wants to give you more money for the year, wants you to keep more of your money, and the Democrats say it's a non-starter. We're not even going to negotiate with you if you're taking that perspective. Just keep that in mind as we are going into voting this year. I thought when the president made a uh, suggestion yesterday on the Hill of lowering the uh, existing payroll tax to zero on both employers and employees, that was such an extreme proposal without any substance behind it. Or it was such an extreme example without any substance behind it. That sounds really good. That sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but just think about it for a second. It's an extreme proposal letting you keep your money, having the government not take what part, a percentage of what you earned. It's extreme. And there's no substance behind it. Well, what does that mean exactly? No substance behind it. Have any guesses? What does it mean? No substance behind it. It means nothing. It means nothing. There's no substance behind his critique. What do you mean there's no substance behind it? The best I could think about is that he's doing the same Krugman thing where he's saying that the cuts in payroll tax doesn't stimulate the economy. And so this is what he's going to talk about. It doesn't stimulate the economy. So we're going to listen to his argument about it where there's no substance. And then I'm going to tell you why he's absolutely ridiculous. Our history of lowering the uh the payroll tax has not produced the results that you otherwise might think. It has not produced the results that we otherwise might have thought about, what we would think about. Well, what do we think about when we talk about doing tax cuts? Well, first of all, we think about keeping more of your own money that you earned, that there's a little more percentage of what you work that goes to you instead of the government. It's letting you be more of a free man than a worker for the government. That's one of the things that we think about. And then we also think about, though, on top of that, is the reason for doing it now is to stimulate the economy, to increase production, to increase uh, the cyclical effect of the economy, to get it rolling. And he said, there's just really no effect of that. There's really no effect. Well, the last time... That we had that cut was in 2010. I wonder what happened. Let's see what he says here. The goal of stimulus is to encourage people to save, to not save, but spend their extra dollars as consumers. And the last go around with this was 2010, 11, 12, 
uh, that was not, uh, in essence, what happened. Many people took the extra savings and decided to do just that, save it and not spend it. This is the problem, he says, with the government not taking money that belongs to you. You save it. You save it. You don't spend it, which is the whole point of why we have stimulus is so that the economy will be booming. You'll spend money and then the economy will grow. A few things here. First of all, if you haven't been paying attention to the news lately with the Fed, one of their biggest concerns is liquidity with banks and lending. What does savings do? Well, it gives liquidity to the banks so that they can spend and lend money that you have and deposited in savings account. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if that could be a solution to help with that. Instead of the quantitative easing, instead of the overspending, instead of all the Fed manipulation, what if we just let you keep more of your money? Because he even says what you do with it, you save, which puts more money into the banks, which creates more liquidity where the banks are allowed to lend more money. It's amazing what the free market does all on its own. It's absolutely amazing. And you know what he said? The last time it happened was 2010. And he is correct. He is absolutely correct. In 2010, or no, in 2011, excuse me. I need to fact check myself. 2011, Barack Obama cut payroll taxes by 2%, which averaged two, or which averaged $1,000 extra a family a year. Just 2% gave you an extra $1,000 back a family a year. 2%. Trump wants to take it to zero. Let that sink in for a second. 2% a thousand, taking it to 0%, cutting it 100%. Well, how much would that save me? Quite a lot of money. And you might think, well, his point is that you would just save those thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars that you would get back, you know, not get back, that wouldn't be stolen from you and you would save it and it wouldn't stimulate the economy. Well, see, the problem with that is it's not true because even if you save your money, remember that allows the banks to lend more. That gives banks more liquidity. You're putting your cash into a bank where the bank has cash and that's as liquid as you get cash. And so you can take that cash and you can lend it multiple times over, which creates velocity and it allows the economy to increase. Don't take my word for it. Let's look at tax revenues, right? You're cutting taxes, that whole thing, the Krugman effect, right? It never works except it works every single time. Revenue has gone up every time you've cut taxes. Well, you have to remember payroll taxes is a large chunk of the budget. 2021 is estimated that $1.3 trillion is from payroll taxes opposed to one point or contrasted to, excuse me, $1.9 trillion from individual income tax. So it's right up there with individual income tax. It's a large chunk of the budget. So if there's any cuts, you would think that revenues would go down. But look at this. Now, he said 2010, 11, 12, 13. It happened in 2011. But let's just start where he starts. In 2010, how much money the government collected? $2.16 trillion. In 2011, when these took place, 2.3 trillion. It went up 140 billion dollars. In 2012, 
tax revenue went up again after these payroll tax cuts. $2.45 trillion. It went up $150 billion again. It went up $140 billion before the tax cuts. $150 billion. It increased its increase. The rate. It increased the rate of increase. 2013 went up to $2.77 trillion. So even with these tax cuts, it increased the revenues that went to the government. Now, why is that? If I'm taking a smaller percentage of the pie, why would I get more of the pie? If I'm taking a smaller percentage of the pie, why would I get a bigger part of the pie? Because the pie got bigger. (gasps) The economy is the pie. The economy grew with tax cuts, with payroll tax cuts. The economy grew. So it would you say it? stimulated the economy that that is one way to say growing is stimulating so so the economy picked up and so when he says this is this extreme example with no basis or whatever he said he's lying to you this georgetown professor is lying to you people are sending their kids to this university, this prestigious university where this professor is a liar. He's he's not telling you facts. He's saying they don't work. It doesn't stimulate the economy. But we have the facts here. He's not telling the truth. He's not telling the truth. I'd love for him to prove me wrong. I'd love for him to show me some facts on how this isn't going to work and how it's not going to stimulate the economy. But he doesn't get into those details. You would think a professor would be able to get into these details. He would be glad to. He would be sharing as much as he could about these details. But he doesn't. Why is that? Because he's bloviating. But when you look at the economic impact of that payroll tax reduction, I mean, President Trump was talking about having it uh, go away all the way up until November when the election there. So you know what his thinking is. Yahoo News is on his side. the Not Trump's side. On his guest side. They're all liberal hacks. And he's saying, well, it's going up all the way to the election. Well, he said to the end of the year, which, okay, it's close enough, but it's to the end of the year. And I just want to say this, and I said this on Twitter as well. If it will stimulate the economy, why don't we take it away altogether? If it increases revenue, like we've saw from the 2011 Obama tax cuts, why wouldn't we just take it away altogether? And then you could say, that's like, uh, you said, Matt, in 2021, it's $1.3 trillion. How is the government going to survive? Well, from cutting a bunch of stuff they don't need to spend because we have a spending problem. We don't have a revenue problem. But then think about this. What would our economy look like with a trillion more dollars to invest in, to spend? A trillion dollars, guys. Our economy would be an unstoppable steam engine. Coronavirus or not. Oh, I said it. I told you I wasn't going to say it, and I did. I'm sorry. A trillion dollars of extra cash in the in the market? That would be insane. That would be jet fuel. And it would be the right thing to do because they're stealing our money, guys, by force. You don't have a decision in this. They're stealing our money. But what kind of economic impact would actually come from something like that? Because we're talking about billions, potentially trillions of dollars in tax revenue. 
we're talking yeah, devastating in terms of the federal deficit, but sometimes in Washington, D.C., no one wants to talk deficits and that impact. I think at the end of the day, this is probably not going to be for conversation now. Now, that doesn't mean to, to say that they couldn't have stimulus one, two, and three. Do this in various stages. This is the most insane part of the interview for me. He goes on talking about how we can't leave more money with you. We have to keep these taxes. We can't cut taxes. We can't steal more of your money. We can't, we can't let you keep more of your money because of the deficit. Because the deficit will be impacted. And then, like, nothing ever happened. Like, nothing happened. He switches and just says, well, there will be a stimulus. One, two, and maybe three. Spending, spending, spending. Didn't you just say that you're making an argument of how we shouldn't do tax cuts because it impacts the deficit? But then you say like, oh, no big deal. Like, it's not a big deal. We'll just do one, two, three spending packages. The bias is insane. What does it matter if the deficit comes from you keeping your money or the government spending money? It's still a deficit. There's no difference. There's no difference. A debt is a debt, whether it's from not getting enough money or spending too much money. And somehow it's a, an abomination of desolation to have a tax cut. But the government spending, now oh, that's no big deal. Those probably one, two, three. They'll do it three times. Do you see how insane this is? A professor from Georgetown University. A business school. The business school. And this is what he's talking about. This is his logic. This is his rationale. This is the guy they want to get to talk about this stuff. Yahoo. Sure. What I am very concerned with today are the millions of employees around this country that work hard every single day. But when you think about it, have really no rights and no protection in the workforce. Mm -hmm. They're part time. They're seasonal. They're independent contractors. That's the group that I'm absolutely petrified about in terms of them losing benefits and losing salary and again not being able to support their families and the consequences of that this is, this is number two of the most insane remember professor georgetown business university he's really concerned about not the full-time people but the part-time people with benefits the contractors wait wait contractors have benefits Contractor debt benefits? When did that happen? Part-time people have benefits? What? You're worried about people that don't have benefits losing their benefits, professor? Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just pushing an agenda. We're talking about economics. And you're turning the narrative to this left wing talking point of part-time contractors just like that law that just got passed in california that impacts a bunch of people negatively and makes them lose their job you're picking up the narrative of the 15 dollars minimum wage poor part-time people look if you lose your job it doesn't matter if it's full-time or part-time I don't know why you're just talking about them. If this is a requiring drastic measures where we're going to have to do one, two, three spending bills, then full-time people aren't immune. You think they lay off the part-time people first? 
they probably keep them. They keep the contractors because they cost less. Because that payroll tax, remember, the employer pays half a part of it. But I don't think you would understand that. That might be a little too complex for the Georgetown professor to understand. This is where Congress has to step forward and say, forget this top 1%. We know there are individuals in this country that desperately need help, that need our attention. That needs to be the focus today. And if that means extending sick leave rights, medical leave rights, expanding unemployment benefits, that's where the concentration has to be. I just love, the, the, sure, yeah, you're exactly right, Professor. I can't, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said this. I should have asked the question and just set it up for you on a T-ball. What is going to happen when you are having Congress force businesses to extend the pay leave, to ex- give them more sick time, to do all of these things that you're talking about? They're going to get fired faster. Because when you lay somebody off, you don't have to pay them benefits. Okay, yeah, there's unemployment benefits and all that. But all this stuff you're talking about, you're going to cause more unemployment. You're going to cause the economy to go down in a farther spiral, just like governments have done before in the past with the Great Depression. People like you who think you're smart because you go to a, a, this prestigious school and you teach and you regurgitate what probably someone gave you, you think you know what you're talking about. And so you make these policy decisions that destroy the economy and you don't know what you're talking about. You're ruining this for all of us because you're too prideful to admit you don't know what you're talking about. And you're a left-wing hack. This is not Republican. This is not Democrat. This is America. We have to leave our political affiliations aside and do what is best for the country at this time, which is clearly a crisis. Yeah, no, for sure. Whenever, I'm just, if you take away one thing, I hope this was enjoyable. I hope you got a great talking points from this that you can take and you know go and debate your friends or at least have counters when people come to you but if there was one thing that you take from this i want it to be this whenever somebody says it is not a political issue it's not republican or it's not democrat and some some phrase it's always those three things it's not political it's not republican it's not democrat when you hear those three phrases put together in some fashion it's a left-wing political argument everything he just said that we talked about is the democrat narrative and what does he say whoa this is a crisis this isn't political this isn't republican or democrat so do exactly what we want you to do do you see how that works and you just got to call it out it is political you're being political You just said every talking point of the Democrats. So if this isn't political, why don't we cut payroll taxes to zero? Why is that not okay, but three different spending bills is okay? Sounds very political to me. Sounds exactly like a Democrat issue. Never let a crisis go to waste. What was that from the Rules of Radical, Saul Linsky? Was he uh, a political person? Was he a political figure? think he was. This is very political. Again, you're being dishonest and you're lying. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin says the priority right now is to help small and mid-sized businesses. But at the same time, what about the American people who are working? So do you think Congress would actually consider a proposal, for example, where people who don't have sick leave are forced to stay at home? They would then continue to receive a paycheck? And also, how would you fund that? What would that look like in terms of what the what the setup would be here? Yeah, that's absolutely going to be the problem because, again, that would have an impact on the economy. But Here we go, picking it up. You know, Mnuchin, the Republican in the executive branch, 
he wants to focus on businesses, you know, the people that have jobs. But what about the worker? So why don't we make all of these policies that make it harder for businesses to keep employees? Why don't we make and do these Democrat leftist policies giving people more benefits that we're forcing companies pay for? Because when a financial crisis happens, when you lose business, when you don't have demand anymore because of this Chinese virus that's happening, the best thing to do is to make them and make it harder for them to stay in business, to make it cost more to keep employees. That's going to keep people employed. That's going to keep people with money in their pockets, right? Right? That's how stupid these people are. They're so blind to their ideology that even a business professor doesn't understand business or will say things that are so absurd to anybody who understands anything about business that he will say it on Yahoo News. I wouldn't say like TV because I don't even know if Yahoo has a TV presence, but for thousands and thousands, they probably don't have a bigger audience than that to see. He will say this stuff that makes him look like a fool. He looks like a fool. I don't know why it's surprising, but he is a Georgetown professor. Here's where I think that uh, corporations can go an awfully long way, whether you be big or small. Uh, Cut people a break. Let somebody take leave. Uh, Pool your sick leave together so we can help people that otherwise don't have those benefits. There's so much that corporations can do. Look what the airlines have done in terms of stepping forward and waiving fees, Amtrak announcing waiving fees. There's lots of companies can do that may, at the end, involve them reaching into their pockets. But let's face it, they've done very, very well under the most recent tax bill. Maybe it's time for corporations to step up to the table and show their very honorable citizens as well. I made it. I made it through the clips, last clips. Well, notice what he said at the end. Just need to point this out. I know we're going long, but I really wanted to get through this. And I saw promise at like five minutes ago. And I'm like, I'm going to get through this and power through it. He admits that businesses are doing well with these tax cuts. And do you notice how everyone's kind of positive, you know, before the coronavirus? People have been positive about the economy. Things have been going well. Wages have been going up. Do you think there's a correlation there? Maybe. Maybe. And I love, seriously, this is like a segment of what a really poor term paper would be. When you're in business school, you have to write like proposals, executive summaries of your ideas on how you would fix a problem on a case study or things like this. This totally reminds me of just that guy who, and granted, this is a professor, the guy who drank too much the night before, forgot they had their assignment and was like doing this in class and just trying to get something done so they didn't get a zero. This is what he says. You know, it's time for companies to step up, like the airlines. Like the airlines did it. Well, isn't that company stepping up? You just said companies aren't stepping up. And then you cite Amtrak, which is government sponsored from what I understand and are terrible. I don't know anyone who likes that experience. They're not necessarily a company that you want to point out as a leader in the industry. That's for sure. I don't see a lot of people saying, "Eh, you know what? I'm just going to take the Amtrak instead of flying. Yeah, that doesn't happen. But I just wanted to point out that he's giving proposals that he hasn't thought through. And he's just saying things off the top of his head like a really poor C student would in a business school who drinks too much the night before some assignments do. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And again, let's not be intimidated by these credentials. Let's not be intimidated by these professors. Just think logically. You with business experience, small business, side hustle, 
has more experience probably than this professor. I don't know his background, but I know a lot of professors don't have business backgrounds. They just have been professors their whole life, just like politicians. A lot of them have never run a business. They've just been politicians their whole life, and they don't know how the world works. They live in academia. They live in philosophical land where they just say whatever they want, and if it sounds like a good idea, you'll get a good grade. It doesn't get tested in the market. And these are the people that are shaping policy for us, guys. Why are you talking about this on a show on how to be successful? Because if these policies are enacted, we won't be successful. It'll be a lot harder. So vote, call these people out, get in the fight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.